The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstalk Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> What's up, guys? Back for week number 10. I mean, we're in double digits already. Good Lord. Here it is, second weekend in November, or at least it will be, uh, when this season gets started, or when this week gets started, I should say. And, um, you know, it's like oh, two weeks from now, it's already Thanksgiving. And then a month from that, it's... Well, I mean, everywhere you look, it's already Christmas, right? Because for some reason, November 1st, it switches from Halloween to Christmas because that's a thing, like Thanksgiving isn't there uh, or whatever. But, you know, anyway, four teams on the bye this week. So we got 14 games uh, ahead. And real quick, guys, just want to make a little announcement uh, for the show. Um <laughs> um, unfortunately, my, my, my grandmother's passing... Um, and the fact that I wasn't doing shows because of that when I was down south uh, in Arkansas for the funeral and everything, uh, I wasn't really able to dive into um, how the results turned out between myself and my mom uh, when she was on the show um, making her picks and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys remember or even I, if I even mentioned it, but she beat me, actually. Um, I mean, I had a good week at nine to five. It was a rebound. Cause I think I was five and nine the week before just had a terrible, uh, week, uh, like week six or whatever. And, um, you know, we had five disagreements and she won three of them. So she wants to come back on and see if she can do it again. So, uh, next week, mom's going to phone in from, from back home in the Chicagoland area and, uh, see if she can one up me, uh, again. And maybe we do this as a regular thing for the rest of the season. We'll see. But uh, mom wants a rematch, even though she won the first time around. I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, <laughs> uh, I was fine to concede the title, but uh, apparently she wants to put it up for grabs. So we're going to have her back on uh, next week and uh, see how she does. Because uh, I'm, I'm kind of on fire, you know, knock on wood that that uh, stays true. But, uh, 
you know, doing pretty damn well lately. I'm at 17 games above 500 uh, right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling – I'm humming right now, kind of like the Bears offense. So, all right, we got 14 games uh, to get to, including our first game in Germany. So let's go ahead and get started. This is the Week 10 NFL preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the We begin week number 10 in Carolina, a rematch of uh, a football game that had one of the craziest finishes uh, in recent memory where, uh, you know, I, I've never before seen a player make an extraordinary play and then overshadow himself literally in the same moment. And of course, I'm talking about DJ Moore, the wide receiver for the Panthers, who caught a 62-yard Hail Mary pass for a touchdown when Carolina was down by six uh, in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. So he catches the ball. It's a touchdown. It's in double coverage. He's all jacked and pumped up and everything. Tears his helmet off of his head and kind of tosses it. Gets flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct. Atlanta assesses the penalty on the extra point try. So now Eddie Pinero, former bear kicker, has got to kick a 48-yard field goal to make an extra point to, to win the game for Carolina and he hooked it left and uh, not only that but he hooked a 33 yarder in overtime as well so he had two opportunities to win the game for the Panthers in that one let him down in both cases um, uh, Yang Wei Koo I believe that's how you pronounce his first name uh, Koo is his last name that's it that's easy but uh, put one through the uprights uh, in overtime to win it for uh, the Falcons so this is the rematch only two weeks removed from this, uh, from that game, because that was week eight. Because I was uh, going back and forth with that, uh, with Bears Cowboys uh, that week. So, um, you know, here we are. <laughs> we return to the, you know, these two teams uh, meet up once again. Uh, at Atlanta, can't decide whether or not if it wants to be the uh, the, the the team to beat in the uh, in the NFC South. They blew that game against the uh, Chargers uh, on Sunday. Uh, and also another crazy finish where the, the the Austin Eckler fumble, the defender picks it up, runs it back into, uh, you know, Charger territory. You know, where he was, maybe they have to get another first down to, to set up a field goal uh, attempt. He just like inconceivably just drops the ball. I've seen the replay a few uh, a couple of times, and I don't see anybody hit his arm. I don't see the ball hit his leg. He just drops the ball. Like, it just slips out of his hands. The Chargers recover. They get a couple of first downs, run the clock down, kick a field goal as time expires to steal the win uh, in Atlanta. Well, I mean, all of that craziness happening in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I bet uh, Carolina's thrilled that this one's taking place in Charlotte uh, to get away from that place where crazy things happen and uh, see how they can uh, counteract uh, and and uh, avenge that loss that were basically they should have won. That's that that's all there is to it. Panero makes the extra point or even makes the the field goal in overtime. This is a game that Carolina should have in their pocket. Instead, they gave it away a couple of times, starting with the DJ Moore unsportsmanlike conduct uh, penalty. So uh, I'm I'm sure that that Carolina is going to have a chip on their shoulder uh, coming into this one. They're at home. Uh, where they decimated the the Buccaneers only a week, a week or two ago, twenty one to three, they destroyed 
uh, Tom Brady and, and company uh, out there and um, see how they do. You know, I'm, I'm still picking the Falcons in this one because I don't necessarily trust Carolina, especially after the way they got pasted by the Bengals uh, on Sunday, 35 to nothing at halftime. Uh, benched P.J. Walker, brought in Baker Mayfield. Uh, I heard Sam Darnold, I think, return to practice uh, this week. So lots of things going on in Carolina, not to mention they're under an interim head coach. So the future's up in the air uh, with these guys. So uh, give me the uh, Falcons uh, in this one. Um, Not sure how confident I am in that one, but uh, I like the Falcons better than I do Carolina right now but it also is a Thursday night game and even though I'm on like a two or three week uh, winning streak with the Thursday games I think I'm on shaky ground with this one I'm still taking the Falcons uh first game on Sunday will be crack of dawn for me I'm never up before 10 on a Sunday because it's like my one day of the week uh to sleep in as uh Tampa Bay will host uh the Seattle Seahawks in Munich Germany uh, 8.30 kickoff here in uh, the Midwest, uh, so 7.30 or next year, like 9.30 on the East Coast. Um, what would it be like? 6.30 in the morning out on the West Coast and God only be like mid-afternoon for you guys overseas uh, that listen to the show. This is right up your alley here. Um, you know, a, a double header. That must be nice for you guys. Don't get to see too many of those. But uh, Tampa Bay is... Um, you know, maybe they're riding high with the, the win over the, the Rams on Sunday, come from behind. You know, the, the Rams had every opportunity to win that game and put it away, and they literally did not do it. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It, it comes down to this. Like, Tampa Bay, I believe, 100% has the better roster, but they have not played like it all season long. Injuries or not, they've got the greatest quarterback of all time on their, on their team. Uh, they still have receivers and, you know, and, and, and everything. It's just, you know, from what I understand, it's, it's all about execution with these guys. They're just not getting it done uh, out there. And, uh, you know, the defense had a decent game against the Rams on Sunday, gave up the one big play to, to Cooper Cup for the touchdown pass, but otherwise buckled down and kind of looked like their selves from earlier uh, in the season. But um if there's a team that's playing out of its mind right now, it is the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, nobody thought they would be in this spot at sitting at six and three comfortably in first place uh, in the division out there in the NFC West uh, right now. Geno Smith is, um, I don't know if he's eligible for comeback player of the year, but for somebody who's, you know, just been a journeyman and, you know, backing up and just hanging out in Seattle watching Russell Wilson play for the last few seasons, for him to, you know, basically capitalize on Drew Locke being hurt uh, in the preseason and turn it into one of the more impressive uh, seasons we've seen a quarterback have in a long time. Not so, maybe not so much statistically, but he's definitely putting up uh, some numbers. But he he's just getting it done. He and his team right now are six and three, and uh, you know Tampa Bay is is ripe for the picking. This would be a big win uh, for the Seahawks, and they're just playing so much better football. Right now, they're basically can do everything Tampa Bay can't right now. They're solid on on defense. They can run the football well. They got a quarterback who's not making mistakes. I mean, Brady, God bless him. He's 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 on a four and five team. He's only thrown one interception all season. I don't know how that's possible, but uh, you know it is. So uh, it, I think it's just going to come down to uh, who I like better and who who do I trust is basically the real question. I trust the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks with the win. 
uh, over Tampa Bay. Buffalo and Minnesota. This is a conundrum. And mainly because whether he misses the week or if he's out there hurt, Josh Allen is going to be a big factor uh, in this game. He's got that that UCL sprain in his elbow. And um, I don't know how much that's going to limit him or maybe it will make him, you know, leery to run because he loves to run the ball. Um, and Minnesota is on a seven-game, six-game winning streak, looking to make it number seven. Buffalo did not play well last week against division rival uh, in the New York Jets. They're back at home, whereas last week's, where both their losses are on the road. You know, they're on the road and divisional games at the same time. Bad combo uh, for the Bills, but they're back at home where they're undefeated. And they got the Vikings coming into town, who are probably like uh, the least loved 7-1 team uh, probably in the history of the NFL. But these guys just keep finding ways uh, to win football games. They struggled to get past the Commanders. Last week, they almost let the Bears come back on them a few weeks ago uh, in Minnesota. Uh, you know, it's they played an ugly game, but but pulled it out against the Cardinals a week or two after that. Uh, you know, it hasn't been pretty in Minnesota, but they've gotten it done. And Buffalo is um, probably the best team in the league, in my opinion, but they are not playing good football right now, and the Josh Allen thing scares me a little. So I'm going to go with the upset here. Uh, and even though record-wise it's not an upset because 7-1 and one beat 6-2, and two, but I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, I, I just I got to go with Minnesota here. Um, you know, don't be – this. if I was doing confidence points, this would be my one-point game here. This would be the one I'm least confident in. Uh, but I got, I got to go with the Vikings. I'm going with the upset here. Uh, something just tells me that um, this is that little slide in the middle of the season that Buffalo will have before they – Reemerge towards the end of the season. Moving on to Chicago, the Bears at home for the second week in a row, coming off that impressive performance, but yet another loss to the Dolphins uh, on Sunday. Uh, Justin Fields and the offense will be looking to exploit the Detroit Lions uh, in their uh, first matchup of the season. And uh, yeah, this one is. Um, you know, I've already spoken to Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit for SB Nation. Uh, he's my Detroit Lions guy. You'll hear that episode uh, tomorrow on Friday. Um, and he and I are kind of in the same spot right now. It's like the Detroit is flying high at the moment. They snapped their their losing streak. They beat the Packers at home, uh, and they made Aaron Rodgers look really, really bad in the process. So it's been it was a pretty sweet weekend for them. Three interceptions in the red zone. Rodgers had the worst game he's ever had in his career. He's never thrown three interceptions before. Lost the game 15-9 to nine, uh, to the Lions, so it's a bad look for, for, for Green Bay. They've lost five in a row. We'll talk about them uh, a little bit later on. They've got a, a pretty heavy task ahead of them uh, this weekend. But, um, you know, but they also have a, a, this performance aside where they really shut down uh, Green Bay capitalized on the turnovers and made the plays they needed to in the red zone. This is the defense that is giving up a lot of points, much like the Bears. And even though Detroit hasn't been the scoring juggernaut that they were in like the first four weeks where they had the number one scoring offense uh, in the league, they're at least capable of it. And against the Bears defense and the way that they've kind of been this swinging gate lately, 
it's enough to give you pause. I mean, the Bears are favored, which is not going to happen very much uh, this season. Uh, I, I am picking the Bears to win, but this is another one of those games where don't be surprised if Detroit makes a game out of it or if they end up winning because I just don't trust our defense right now. You know, and, and, and I can't rely on Justin Fields and the offense to be able to answer every scoring drive that they give up. I mean, if the defense could go back to what they were doing earlier in the season, which is the bend but don't break thing and the, you know, settling for field goals, I'm good. But every time uh, an opponent touches the football lately, they're scoring touchdowns. You know, Dallas and uh, Miami just ran up and down the field on us at will doing whatever. Uh, they want it. The Bears need to protect the middle of the field on defense. Whether it's the running game or the passing game, we are getting gashed up the middle. You know, uh, Jalen Waddell, Tariq Hill, uh, and that running game of theirs just right up the middle. That's where they lived all day long. And, um, you know, the obviously the Lions don't have the horses that the, you know, Cowboys and Dolphins have. But Amon Ross St. Brown is, is uh, you know, an, an emerging receiver. Uh, on the team and and uh, you know he can I mean Justin Jefferson basically did it all by himself against the Bears uh, in week five doing the same thing over and over again slant routes across the middle wide open every single time you know they only need one guy to be able to do the job in order to be effective uh, on offense and Detroit likes to run the ball whereas uh, you know that has not been a Detroit trait in the past but you know those are all my concerns hopefully the Bears can get it done Hopefully the uh, the offense can keep rolling and uh, we can make an easy afternoon of it. Give me the Bears uh, to finally to snap their little losing streak and uh, get back in the win column. Tennessee coming off that uh, overtime loss to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, hosting the Denver Broncos, who have, uh, are coming off the bye. And um, if you're a Bronco fan, you're probably hoping that the uh, – the Broncos will come out of their bye week the same way the Bears came out of their mini bye after uh, the Commanders' uh, loss on Thursday night football. That 10-11 day break between that Thursday night game and the Monday nighter against New England, it's like ever since we, since we emerged from that break, we are one of the better offenses uh, in the league. Our quarterback is a new man. He's confident and He's running the ball. He's making you know good decisions and great reads uh, with his passing game uh, and everything. And and uh, you know we've been super effective on offense. It's just you know the defense hasn't been worth a damn uh, lately. And and I'm I'm guessing if you're a Broncos fan, you're hoping you see something similar to that uh, yourself with uh, you know Russell Wilson, uh, you know being a future Hall of Fame quarterback and maybe actually seeing him play like one uh, while uh, you know he's wearing a Denver. Uniform. I mean, you're only paying him $235 million over the next several years, so I'm, I'm sure you'd like to see him start earning it. But, uh, you know, they're at Tennessee, and, you know, it's – man, I wish Denver was good, man. I really do. I really wish they were playing great football and Russell Wilson was the missing piece uh, for them. I mean, they certainly thought he was giving up three first-round picks and, you know, signing him to that crazy contract and – uh, and all that kind of stuff, and it's just not working out right now. Not to say that it won't, but it's just not right now. And, um, you know, hopefully Tennessee can uh, can balance out their offense so they don't have to rely so much on Derrick Henry and, uh, you know, will get out there and be able to do more than just run the football, whether it's Willis or Tannehill playing uh, quarterback. They need to get the passing game uh, going 
Denver's defense is outstanding. I think you guys remember when I was talking after that Chargers game how Russell Wilson and the ineptitude on offense is just killing the effort that this defense has been giving. Uh, you know, the, the points they've been up, they've been allowing and all that has been good enough to win just about every single game, but their offense is just giving them no help. So I'm going to take the Titans right now just because I think, you know, even, even a one dimensional offense with Derrick Henry leading the way, I think will be enough to beat the Broncos because until I see it, I simply do not trust their offense to be able to score enough points to get a win. So Moving on, speaking of Kansas City, they're at home again, this time hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. The uh, the Jags coming off their uh, come-from-behind win over the Raiders uh, on Sunday, but uh, I believe they'll be running into a buzzsaw with the Chiefs, who had a very difficult time moving the ball, scoring points and things like that, finishing drives against the uh, solid Tennessee defense uh, on Sunday night, and uh, we'll be looking to punish the Jaguars because this is what you do in these kinds of games. And Kansas City is one of those teams that specializes in taking advantage of these games where they're probably coming in with a double-digit spread, uh, you know, as far as Las Vegas is concerned and, and uh, you know, what the, what the points are going to be that they have to cover uh, to win your bets uh, with them. I, I anticipate Kansas City is going to be you know, double digits on that. And um, I think they will cover and then some uh, against Jacksonville. So, I mean, the, the Jags are a frisky team. I think they'll put up a fight early, but in the end, I think the Chiefs are just going to be way, way too much. Give me Kansas City in this one. And then we have uh, Miami. Speaking of those pesky Dolphins, they return home uh, to Joe Robbie or whatever they're called, Hard Rock Stadium, that's it, um, or it's like, Hard Rock Stadium or Joe Robbie Stadium, sponsored by Hard Rock or whatever the hell it is. That place where they, you know, turn their, uh, where they set their opponents on fire by having the sun beating down on them, even in mid-November. It sucks. Trust me. This is when I was down there. It was like this time of year. I went down to Tampa, Florida. Uh, not as far south as Miami is, but nonetheless, it's in Florida. Mid-November, it was 85 and sticky humidity. Sticky humid outside. I was miserable the whole time I was there. I hate that weather. I absolutely hate it. I don't know how you can retire to Florida and then feel like just constant swamp ass until you die. Really? That's awful. Anyway, they're hosting the Browns this Sunday coming off the, uh, the buy. Um, is it next week or the week? No, no, no. It's the week after not this, not this week or not next week, but the week after, uh, Deshaun Watson finally gets a chance to play. Cause this is week number 10 and week 11, or is it actually, it's 11 games, not 11 weeks. So I think they still got three weeks to go, actually. I think he doesn't make his debut until December. So Jacoby Brissett's still going to be the quarterback for a few more weeks, and unless I missed something. Because I think it's 11 games, not 11 weeks. So the, with, the, with the Browns having had their bye now, um, they were, what, three and, three and five? So they still got, yeah, three more games before... Um, Deshaun can show his face publicly anyway. But um, anyway, give me the Dolphins uh, in this one, especially after, you know, we got to see him up close and personal and see what that offense uh, is capable of. I don't see anything that Cleveland is doing that should be able to stop uh, the Dolphins from, from being able to, uh, to score enough to win uh, in this one. I mean, I, I, like, I like Miami quite a bit. 
uh, in this one, actually. I think they got a good thing going uh, out there. Jeff Wilson looks like a good uh, addition to the to the running attack, along with Raheem Mostert. And, uh, you know, of course, Tua, Tua, Tua Hill and um, Waddle, along with Jacecki, who we didn't see much of uh, against the Bears on Sunday. But all of those guys together, they got a good thing going. And as long as the offensive line holds up, because they've had some issues with that, uh, with protection, things like that. But as long as they hold up, the Dolphins, uh, sky's the limit uh, for them. So give me the, uh, give me the Dolphins uh, to win over the Browns uh, on Sunday. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. It's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Moving on to New York. The Giants back off of their bye week, I believe, hosting the Houston Texans, who uh, you know made a ball game of it against uh, Philly last Thursday. They, they hung on in there for as long as they could, but in the end, uh, the undefeated Eagles just a little too much pulled away with that 29-17 win. Uh, you know, they bring their... Uh, Scrappy little squad into New York to take on the Giants. Um, I believe the Giants lost before the bye. Or was that was was that the game against the Jaguars? That little break that I took, I'm so confused. I keep getting the games uh, mixed up, you know, which one is which and, and all that kind of stuff. Let me pull it up here uh, real quick. Nonetheless, you know, the Giants come in 6-2, uh, and two, uh, I believe. And... Uh, yeah, six and two, tied with the Cowboys for second place in the uh, division. The Giants, uh, yeah, lost to the Seahawks. That's what it was in Seattle. They just uh, weren't able to work any of their late game magic uh, in that one, and came up short to Geno Smith uh, and company. So they're looking to rebound from the loss. They're back in the friendly confines uh, of MetLife Stadium. That Seahawks loss was on the road, and um, looking to uh, bounce back. I mean, and this is. This is an important two-game stretch for the Giants. They have the Texans this week, the Lions next week before it's four straight divisional games uh, there uh, after that. So it's like they have the Texans and the Lions, then Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys, home for the Commanders, home for the Eagles, and then at the Commanders again before they have the the Vikings. They have a, a break against the Colts on New Year's Day and then the Eagles again. So it's like... I think, what is this, five of their six division games in the last seven weeks here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. yeah. Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, that's four. 
Vikings, Colts is the break, and then Eagles five. Yeah, five of the last seven games uh, are divisional. So they got to take these wins where they can get them because it's going to be a battle down the stretch, and they're going to be playing each other as the season withers down. So this is a very important game uh, for the uh, for the Giants uh, as far as keeping pace with everybody else uh, in the East. I mean, hell, even the uh, even the Commanders are. Uh, are four and five. So, uh, yeah, so then they're not too far out of the mix, uh, in that division. So it's, it's, um, this is an all important win. The giants are capable of pulling off the victory here and I expect them to, I'm taking the giants, uh, to win this one. And, um, that, you know, the, the pressure is on, this is one of those games people are going to expect them to win. So they got to pull it out, uh, on Sunday, Pittsburgh and New York, our last early game on Sunday, uh, the Steelers will be hosting the Saints out there in Heinz Field or whatever they're calling that joint nowadays. And this is a tough one um, because I'm, I'm certain that T.J. Watt is supposed to be back uh, in this one. I'm, I'm, I'm certain that he's supposed to be back from that, uh, that uh, pectoral injury that kept him, uh, that basically cost him most of, all but the first game uh, of the season. He suffered that pec injury against the late in that Bengals game uh, week one that they were able to, uh, you know, kind of pull out there at the last minute. Well, more so because the kid didn't make the field goal than anything else. But, you know, they uh, – I think T.J. Watt is going to be back. And I, that's that's the only thing that kind of trips me up is that, you know, New Orleans uh, wasn't doing the best job protecting uh, Andy Dalton, uh, especially on Monday night against the Ravens. Uh, and, and things like that, and uh, you just wonder. I mean, the the the, the Saints are so beat up in the passing game. Is like Crystal Lobby is like the only viable target right now. They got Troutman back, their tight end, but he was you know I think on a pitch count against the the Ravens. I don't remember seeing him much out there. So it's like Olave, um, Kamara, um, Taysom Hill, and um, maybe Troutman from time to time going up against the. Uh, Especially if T.J. Watt is out there, the inspired uh, Pittsburgh uh, defense, you know, and and um, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season yet as head coach of the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. He's running out of time to to keep that true. Uh, they're what three and five right now, two and six. Excuse me, two and six uh, right now. So there are nine games left. He can only afford to lose two. Because unless unless they tie somewhere, he can only afford to lose two. If he loses three, it's a losing season. First one on the books uh, for the coach. Um, I still like the Saints in this one, though. I won't be surprised to see Pittsburgh win, especially if T.J. Watt is out there uh, on Sunday. It's at home. Pittsburgh is tough uh, at home. But um, I like the Saints better. Give me New Orleans uh, on that one. Indy and Las Vegas, first late game uh, on Sunday. I don't know how many people are going to watch this, but there are going to be a lot of eyes on it, that's for sure, especially people are going to be watching in the ticker uh, to see how this one goes because Vegas uh, has one of the the better rosters on paper uh, in the entire NFL. They have a roster that most teams would kill to have, but they have a 2-6 and six record all at the same time. And, um, you know, they... Um, they 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 released a a cast off of the Khalil Mack trade Jonathan um, Abraham or Abram or whatever his last name is I apologize um, they released him he was a first round pick 
and he was a stud for them early on. I think he had trouble staying healthy and everything. They've let him go. He actually got picked up on waivers by the Packers today. But uh, that would really help the Green Bay offense, picking up another defensive back. It's good stuff. But, um, you know, I mean, never mind the Raiders. Let's talk about the Colts. They have a sixth-round draft pick uh, from 2021 as their starting quarterback. They have possibly a huge future Hall of Famer on the bench just because they don't want to pay him. If he gets hurt, his salary for next year is guaranteed. They don't want to back themselves into that uh, scenario, apparently. And uh, they fired their head coach, who had a winning record as their head coach, but obviously not going well, 3-5-1 and one so far uh, this year and replaced him with an outsider. Now, not an outsider to the organization, per se, but an outsider as far as the coaching staff and someone who's been there on a daily basis working and growing with this team in Jeff Saturday. So one of two things is going to happen on Sunday. Either the Colts are going to come out and play the most inspired football they've played all season long and steal a win from a team that is ripe for the picking, or Vegas is going to get their head out of their ass and take advantage of this situation of this galactic mess that the Colts are, play good football, and get the win themselves. Which do I think is more likely? I'm hoping it's the Raiders because I'm picking the Raiders. Them also being at home is a big factor because the Colts won't have that very loyal, very passionate fan base behind them uh, with the beloved Jeff Saturday leading uh, the team for the first time. It'll be interesting when Indy does return home, how that, uh, how they end up playing and everything. But this thing being on the road and the whole week has just been a mess of a distraction. It'll be one hell of a coaching job. If Saturday can just get his guys minds right to be able to play after all that's happened uh, in this week. So uh, I like the Raiders crazy as it sounds. I think they're the safer pick uh, in this one. So give me uh, Las Vegas Lambeau field. Green Bay hosting the Cowboys. The Green Bay Packers, of course, have lost five in a row since their three-in-one start, including a victory over my beloved Chicago Bears in week number two. And um, playing host to the Cowboys, who are 6-2, and two, uh, coming off the bye, and previous to that bye, they put up 49 against my Bears um, in Dallas. So, um, you know, this is a football team that is playing tremendously well offensively and defensively going you know into hostile territory yes but against the team that that there are few teams in the league that are struggling more than green bay is especially on offense so micah parsons and company can turn aaron Rodgers into a feast uh if they're not careful out there uh in green bay and 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 this is i mean it What's crazy is this is a game that nobody in the world expects Green Bay to win except maybe the Packers themselves. I mean, I don't even think Packer fans think Green Bay can win this game on Sunday, but it so lines up as the game that they would win, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, there's no logic in that. It's just one of those things where when you think that Green Bay is down and, you know, they're, they're, they're finished and all that kind of stuff, they just start rattling off wins no matter who they're playing. I don't see that happening. They lack the firepower across the board uh, on offense. They can only rely on their on their running game, and even that becomes uh, an issue uh, after a while. So, 
with their defense also losing Rashawn Gary for the rest of the year with a knee injury, uh, an ACL uh, tear. I like Dallas quite a bit uh, in this one to uh, put Green Bay uh, in the loss column for the sixth week uh, in a row. So, uh, yeah, I anticipate they'll be three and seven going into their next uh, ball game. Last late afternoon game, the Rams hosting the Cardinals. The Cardinals now fully entrenched in Hard Knocks. Their 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 first episode of the in season Hard Knocks debuted. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday night, so it debuted tonight. So I'm actually going to watch it when I get done uh, recording this before I go to bed tonight. And I'm not sure how to pick this game because both starting quarterbacks have injuries. Right now, Kyler Murray is, uh, I believe it's an ankle injury that he's nursing or something like that. He might not play uh, on Sunday. And Stafford is in concussion protocol, so he might not play uh, this week. And truthfully, I'm not sure who the hell the, star, who the backup quarterback is. Is Colt McCoy healthy? Will he be out there as the, the backup quarterback? And who's he going up against uh, for, the, uh, for the Rams? I mean, what a mess. Let me see if I can pull any of this up. The Rams, let's see. Rams, let's see. Depth chart, there you go. That's what I need. Quarterback, it's still John Wolford. Are you kidding me? So he's still the backup. So if Stafford can't clear concussion protocol, it's going to be John Wolford uh, versus, um, I believe, Colt McCoy. Let me pull this up uh, for real quick, just for verification. Pulling that up. Depth chart. Definitely Colt McCoy. So, yeah, when, when, when uh, you know, I think when Fox got their hands on this game, they're looking at Week 10 Kyler Murray versus Matt Stafford in uh, SoFi. Uh, and what, they're end up, <laughs> what they very well could end up getting is Colt McCoy versus John Wolford. Uh, and um, with, with that, I mean, I don't know who to pick in this one. I mean, truth be told, this, this one has me leaning more towards the Cardinals because I, I know Colt McCoy better than I know John uh, Wolford, but John Wolford's playing on the better team. You know, his team's got Aaron Donald and, and Bobby Wagner and uh, Leonard Floyd and, and Jalen Ramsey and all that kind of stuff on their side. Uh, they also have Cooper Cup on offense, who I'm sure will be quite the safety net uh, for Wolford when he needs somebody. They have Allen Robinson. Uh, and things like that. So, you know, in the end, I got to double check because I did my picks before I uh, started to uh, record the episode. Let me double check and see who I picked. I did. I went with the Rams. So I'm going to stick with the Rams on this one. It's a reluctant pick. If this was confidence points, this would be a one or two game, you know, like where I said I probably picking Minnesota over Buffalo is a one-pointer. I think this would be the two-point game here as far as like confidence level. And then finally, on Sunday Night Football, to close out the Sunday slate, of course, you got the 49ers hosting the L.A. Chargers uh, in, uh, in Santa Clara where the, uh, where the 49ers hang their hat. And, um, you know, the 49ers coming off of uh, their bye uh, last week. Uh, the Chargers with that crazy win over Atlanta in Atlanta. Still on the road, but, you know, back on the West Coast again on national TV. And, you know, this, this was an interesting game to, to, try, to, to try to pick. And um, I just like the, I like the Chargers better than the 49ers. 
uh, in this one. You know, the, the 49ers are habitually banged up right now. Not that the Chargers aren't, but, you know, they have Justin Herbert. They've got some solid weapons uh, on, on with, you know, George Kittle is playing and you know, the offensive line is improving. They're running the football. I, uh, I still like the Chargers, though, with, with Eckler and, uh, you know, all those guys uh, on that team with Herbert and, and everything. And Khalil Mack still doing things on defense despite not having his uh, counterpart in Joey Bosa out there. But uh, the Chargers just keep getting it done. You know, they're, they won't go away. I mean, I, I was kind of hoping they'd be running this division uh, this year, uh, taking it away from the, from the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Broncos and and what have you. I mean, they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They're only a game back uh, of the Chiefs right now at 5-3. and three. I think if the season ended today, they would be a playoff team. So, you know, there's still life in the old lady yet. You know, the Chargers aren't dead. They're just wounded. Um, and But I think they're less wounded than the 49ers, and I like them to take the win on Sunday. And then finally on Monday, undefeated Philly. 8-0 coming off the, uh, you know, that, that mini-buy, the 11-day the break because they were on Thursday night. Now they're back on Monday night against the Washington Commanders. Uh, came up short against the Vikings on Sunday. Gave them a hell of a game, though. But they were up 17-7 at one point and then gave up 13 unanswered uh, so the Vikings could come back and take the win uh, from them. And Philadelphia just manhandled Washington in Washington, I think, week two, week three something like that earlier in the season scored all 24 of their points in the second quarter. So they're up like 24, nothing at halftime held on to win 24 to eight. Uh, I think this is a game they sacked wins about nine times or something like that uh, in that game and, and, and beat them up pretty good in the process uh, as well. And speaking of Carson Wentz still nursing that, that uh, I think broken thumb that he suffered against the bears uh, on Thursday night footballs. And I think the shine is off the apple with uh, Tyler Heineke. I think it's, um, you know, it, it's gotten real for him. So he's not, uh, he's not, uh, not performing like he was when he was the, you know, the, the shiny new toy coming off the bench, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. So I, I think this is one of the easier picks in, uh, on the slate. I mean, it's a division game, so anything can happen, but give me the, the Eagles to make it to 9-0 and uh, against their division rival on Monday night to close out the week. So Cincinnati, New England, the Jets and Ravens all on the bye this week. So that will do it for week number 10. Our big upset alert game is Minnesota over Buffalo. And I still say that pick weighs heavily on how healthy Josh Allen actually is in this game. Will he be playing hurt? Will he be playing at all? You know, will bills protect him and just, you know, have him sit uh, for a week and, you know, do the best they can against the Vikings or, Will he try to tough his way through with that UCL sprain? So we'll have to wait and see how that one comes back, uh, comes back goes down. So come back on Tuesday when we'll review the entire Week 14 slate, find out how I did with my picks, and, uh, you know, see how it all, uh, sh- you know, came out again. Been doing pretty well lately. See if I can't get uh, double-digit wins uh, this week. I was just short with 9-5, uh, and 9-4, uh, and four, I think, last week, so... Anyway, that's going to do it, guys. Come back tomorrow. we do the Bears-Lions preview with our good friend Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit. And until then, my name is Larry D., and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.